Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast, or welcome back if you have been tuning in for a while. Today, I am pulling an episode from the vault, and I am bringing back an episode I did with one of my very close friends, Elia, where he discussed his perspective on male psychology in dating, primarily in today's culture, and I guess probably as well as speaking in a certain age demographic. He is also my age, so he is, we're 25. (laughs) And the reason why I wanted to bring this episode back for this week's guest episode is because I really find that Elia has a expanded perspective on human dynamics and mind you no one is perfect and and no one ever has things exactly to a T but he is that friend that I often go to for number one a male perspective but also number two someone that I can really rely on to understand my actual temperament he he uh a while ago he would say emily you know you tend to poke the bear a lot so try not to poke the bear too much type of thing and it's i was laughing because it is so true and to hear that reminder from a close friend who's willing to acknowledge some of these traits in you is a really great wake-up call and a a great reminder so i always have really helpful conversations with him. Obviously, this episode was recorded last year, so this was actually about one month before I left for New York. So I was living in LA at the time, and so was he. And so the context in some of this episode is definitely no longer applicable in terms of maybe my dating situation at the time or his dating situation. But nonetheless, I think the general nuggets of advice is of course still really applicable and this was actually a highly downloaded episode last year so if you haven't tuned in to that one then here's your opportunity and I do want to add as a fun context as well for those of you who haven't heard me talk about Elia before or haven't heard last year's episode with him I actually met him at the mall exactly two years ago around Halloween. So this actually was on Halloween. And I met him while I was sitting down eating gelato with my friend Alexis. And I just remember having this instinct feeling that him and his friend were going to come up to us. And, um, you know, it was in a very friendly way. There was actually no like, I don't know, like flirtatiousness, but it was really cool because we actually talked about personal development right off the bat. And it just flowed naturally. And then we saw that we had one mutual friend who's also a fellow entrepreneur. So it just clicked right away. And I remember we ended up grabbing coffee or tea at some point um, a few weeks later, and we just became really close friends. And that just goes to show you the power of how you can meet anyone and everyone in random situations. And Elia and I talk about this all the time, how 
there's probably a lot of missed opportunities that we encounter on a daily basis and we just don't know because we didn't go for it. And so for me, that's why I am very, I guess you could say, uh, fearless in approaching people, whether it's a potential girlfriend or guy friend or even potential romantic partner, whatever that case may be, I try not to hesitate because the worst case scenario is that it doesn't hit it off and you move on with your merry life. And look, we all have our own things that we worry about, so no one's going to ever remember enough to care, you know? But on the flip side, it could also turn into a really cool friendship like Elia and I, or maybe you never know, like you actually end up dating someone that you met in just like a random, you know, whether it's a coffee shop, mall, you're passing through at the same restaurant, whatever that is, just don't hesitate, you guys. I think that's just the beauty of life that um, had Elia and his friend not come up to us to just chat and uh, I know, give it a give it a try just be friendly we wouldn't be having this conversation and I wouldn't have such an amazing friend in my life so for that I am so grateful and with that being said let's just dive into the episode so Elia thank you for joining me on the show thank you for having me I, this is this is my first thought. I want to start here before we go anywhere. We have to start with how we met. This is the origin story. So, um, well, this is actually something I never asked you. I don't think so. But first off, for context, and I'll probably have already included this in the intro, but to repeat, we met at the fucking mall. Yes. Out of the blue. It was on Halloween. Um, I'm pretty sure I was very much dressed down that day. I think I was wearing like sweats no makeup was eating gelato and was catching up with my old roommate i think you had white sandals is that possible white sandals probably maybe loafers but i don't think sandals oh yeah might, might have been loafers oh wow that's good memory yeah. actually i do remember you wearing yeezys yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember you mentioning that yeah i've mentioned that before um okay but the question is why did you guys come up to us again so my friend, I was with my friend Daniel. Mm-hmm. We do this thing that we meet every single week. Okay. And that you is, still meet every week? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, wow. Not okay. just with him, but like with other people as well. Mm-hmm. And um, we were going around, I think there was Westfield Center. Mm-hmm. No, Century City Mall. Yeah, is Century City Mall. No, I don't know if it's the same. Century City Mall. And I think Daniel had a crush on either you or your friend. I'm not sure. Okay. And he just told me out of the blur, let's go speak with them. Okay. I was like, okay, awesome. And I kind of like, a part of me didn't want to do that mm. because I was like, oh, I don't really know them. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Is that out of your comfort zone usually to go up to random girls and... Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, got it, <laughs> I got it. I feel like it's out of everybody's comfort zone. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. But then we became friends. Yeah. I remember I was kind of... Well, here's the thing. I, at this point, you know, I'm very observant with people's nonverbal body language, right? And the way you guys walked by us, I could just tell you guys were going to come up before mm-hmm. you guys were coming up. I had already thought that. I'm like, all right, wait for these Yeezys to come back. <laughs> <laughs> back. Um, and then next thing you know, because I saw you guys pass twice and I'm like, all right, they're, they're going to turn around at some point. So you, they, you guys turn around and you come up and, and talk to us. And I remember being like, yeah, whatever. So I'm eating my gelato. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and um, 
I think we're just, you asked me, like, what do I do, I think, right? And then I said, you know, what I do, and I think I mentioned the podcast. And obviously, at the time, I didn't know much about you, but clearly, you have interest in this field, in in the people in the industry. We, we obviously like Tim, Naval, all that. So that was intriguing. But the way you, like, kept pushing, like, what is your podcast about? And I'm like... Yeah, you know, it's about life fulfillment, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, but what else? I'm like, Jesus, dude, I mean, I'm eating my gelato right now. What more do you want me to say? So that was interesting to me was was just the way that played out. And then we became good friends, right? Just just random interactions. Yeah, I mean, the the thing with the podcast was the fact that I was actually interested in Mm -hmm. it, you know, and therefore, first of all, I, I didn't know, I don't know even right now a lot of people that have a podcast mm-hmm. and that are actually active within that yeah and when you mentioned what fulfills you it really surprised me in the sense of this is like a young girl yeah and she's eating her gelato and <laughs> you know like you wouldn't i feel like fulfillment is something that is so specific specifically mm-hmm. with it, with people in general but specifically with young people mm-hmm. so when it comes to meeting you and you telling me that that felt really unusual Mm -hmm. and i wanted to dig into that yeah yeah. well to dive into i don't know if you well i think you probably can put the pieces together but in terms of why i have been always curious about life fulfillment or went into that route was because of the adversity i have experienced and I think we talked about this, interestingly enough, last week, because you had asked me during our walk, you're like, what makes something along the lines of what makes you different from, you know, some of your girlfriends or some of the my peers who are female that are around my age, right? And I had mentioned to you that when I went through adversity, I literally had no one to lean on. And so it made me dig deeper and it made me question a lot of things in life like, what does bring fulfillment like if i'm not happy right now what is it that i'm missing and what is it that i can attain right now but still wouldn't make me happy right so that's kind of where i realized like you know money and success and many people speak about it but i think there's a level of adversity everyone needs to face head on in order to come to that internal realization as well as to not just why money doesn't buy happiness, but actually like, have you felt the concept of having money and then still being really fucking unhappy because you have zero strong relationships, for example, which for me, that has been the pillar of fulfillment in life. I don't know what your thoughts are on. That's the thing that surprised me about you. The fact that you were, you actually, you took ownership for your life circumstances and you were not you you were not thinking oh my god you know it's society or it's the freaking u.s president or yeah. it's politics or whatever other thing mm-hmm. and you were like no this thing that i'm going through right now it's probably my fault mm-hmm. or even if it's not it doesn't really matter like it's still on you to get yourself out of it yeah and therefore listen hearing to you telling me about your um, your decision to take things head on really made me notice how all the people that I see that are somewhat 
like on a different level mm-hmm. at some point within their lives at a specific time when they decided to take that specific decision. Mm-hmm. And I think we have similar mentors and similar people that we look up to so i think that's why we align i think it was funny i think the first time we hung out after was at barnes and noble actually on election night right yes (laughs) everything was locked down this is at the grove (laughs) and um we went to the bookstore and i remember we were looking at books and i remember talking about naval and you were like oh i really like him and then we talked about tim ferris so clearly we we get our mentality and our philosophy from similar people or the same people and we basically interpret it in similar ways into our life um but aside from that we'll dive into deeper shit later but first things on my mind that i definitely want you to share is the relationship and dating psychology topic obviously you're not a psychologist but i think your approach is very grounded but also very interesting to me. Like, for example, with the whole, like, sex on the first date, I, was, I wasn't I was completely surprised by your answer, but I was surprised by how, like, instinctive you had that out. Yeah. And the way you're like, oh, that doesn't throw me off and such. But um, I guess we can start there. Like, because this is a area of life that I think a lot of women, especially in their 20s, struggle with right now. And I think there is not enough of them that get advice from men and there's a huge difference between men and boys (laughs) and i think especially in american culture um you know you're from italy so it's definitely different and you've had more experience jumping from there coming to america living here on your own so you just again have similar experiences to me in a sense where it's like i came from pennsylvania to california have been establishing my life out here by myself so it's just you grow up quicker right and you learn to be an adult because you kind of have no choice um, emotionally and financially and and so forth so um, let's dive into that touchy topic where everyone goes do does it matter if you have sex on the first date right I I think at the end all right so let me premise this by saying that uh, this is purely personal yeah and obviously it's going to change person by person Mm -hmm. but for most guys that I've spoken to and that I, I know and that I'm friends with, mm-hmm. and for myself, the answer is no. Nah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no. Nah. If right. anything, that's a good thing. Right. Which is something that we mentioned on, on our walk, and that is... the I personally believe that it is not possible for me to truly know somebody that I potentially may have a romantic relationship with. Mm-hmm without having had some sort of sexual intercourse with right and the reason for that is whilst this may be taken out of context Mm -hmm. the reason for that is there is something special that happens whenever two people decide to um, do something as you know primal as getting naked right and uh, it is in some sort of way uh, I, I believe to I, I believe it to be some sort of agreement of I'm letting go of my need to be safe mm-hmm. and I want to be closer to you in, in the in the most possible way. And therefore that type of 
connection that gets established after two people have uh, some sort of sexual intercourse mm-hmm. um, in this case actually have sex yeah is something that 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 is really important you know it's really important specifically for relationships mm-hmm. and, and for just truly getting to know somebody mm-hmm. you know obviously it's not the only thing right there is a lot of other things involved with right it, but it is an important step indeed right and it's funny too because i want to add you know obviously the audience doesn't know you like i know you but i say earlier that i was somewhat surprised by that because you are more of a gentleman kind of guy that you know outside of our jokes like (laughs) (laughs) i would say you know you're a great guy you're you're very like respectful of people and stuff so i think it says a lot for someone like you of your character and of your nature to say that you wouldn't think less of a girl if she sleeps with you on the first time if anything that's actually what you want to be able to test out the capability of how you know whether it's relationship worthy or not yeah it's not like obviously the the act of sex itself is something that both people need to want right obviously um and the i mean like for me even the possibility of somebody thinking i want to get into a relationship with somebody without having had sex with them sounds insane mm-hmm. because of the reasons that I mentioned, like it's, it's such a primal thing. The connection that to that, that there has to be chemistry when it comes to something as primal as that. Mm-hmm. So therefore it, you get into a state in which words really don't matter as much. And you can say a lot of things by doing specific, you know actions maybe in a slow way or within the way that you carry eye contact mm-hmm. and therefore you know just getting into a relationship without having sex just sounds really dumb yeah yeah what so do you have an opinion on so someone might argue oh well shouldn't you still wait for like a second or a third date or like there are girls out there who still live in this fear of oh if i give him sex on the first date then he's already gotten the prize per se right so most people have this fake rule of thumb like oh i should wait three dates or i made sure you know right these these little nuggets and what are your thoughts on that from a guy's perspective why does it not change like can you elaborate on why it doesn't change from first date to third date in terms of their perceived value because again this is a fear include i've had this before too i've definitely loosened up on it or have overcome it in this past year in realizing the psychology behind in today's modern dating um but can you maybe share your thoughts on why it wouldn't really change from a, whether they made you wait on a fir- whether they gave it to you on a first date or they made you wait till a third date As most of you have probably heard for a while now, I've been consistently drinking Magic Mind because not only does it taste so good, especially if you love a hint of matcha flavor, but this stuff helps me get into my flow state and I always feel a stronger sense of focus, which makes sense since it is a productivity drink. While I love coffee and I do make it every morning, when it comes to preparing for my workflow or wanting something to sip on before I get into my work, I always choose Magic Mind because, like I said, it helps me get into my flow state and it makes me feel more focused and productive. The best part is that it is all natural and I'm going to share with you a few key facts and ingredients. 
Number one, it is known to increase and improve productivity. It has very little caffeine and it only comes from matcha tea. It's a great alternative for coffee if you drink coffee for energy and focus. For me, like I said, I drink it more for just the pleasure of making coffee. So this one is definitely a better alternative if you prefer more of an energy focused drink. It helps fight off fatigue and brain fog as well as some ADD symptoms. And lastly, it is all natural ingredients including adaptogens, matcha, and nootropics. If you've been considering it for a while, I highly, highly recommend you give this a try. I drink this every single day, no joke, and it comes in a box of 15 and I like it so much sometimes I drink two in a day, but disclaimer, it is not recommended. They do recommend one, but I just truly love it so much. And even better, you can enjoy 20% off your purchase with the code FULFILL at magicmind.co slash FULFILL during checkout. That's FULFILL, F-U-L-F-I-L-L, at magicmind.co slash FULFILL. So let me promise this by saying it depends, because I've, I've heard of stories in which my quote-unquote point actually gets debunked. Mm-hmm. And it actually made sense for the relationship to grow and actually wait for the second date. Right. In most cases, my hypothesis is that it's it, as long as both people want it, mm-hmm. better not to wait. Okay. Because of the fact that um, that kind of commitment that two people make and that mm-hmm. sort of like. Um, place in which people get uh, that is I want to experience you Mm -hmm. that is very healthy for kicking start uh, starting off the relationship on a good note Mm -hmm. as long as as long as obviously both people are mature yeah Uh, I think too often people specifically when it comes to relationships are back by fear Mm -hmm. and uh, it seems to me, generally speaking, that fear is seems to be not a good place to st- uh, start off any kind of relationship. Whether it's platonic, it's romantic, doesn't necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. Mainly because you're not going to be showing yourself for, for who you really are. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just showing anything less than who you really are romantically specifically if you're interested into actually long-term dating mm-hmm. it's just dumb mm-hmm. like you are literally gonna need to live like a, a, a good chunk of your of your life with that person whether it's you know three months six months a year i, I don't know how, however long it's gonna last but uh, given that premise that that there is that initial interest why wouldn't you want to show yourself right right you know yeah it was so it was it, now when you say it and looking back at my old way of thinking i i laugh because i used to like months or maybe even over a year ago when i was like concerned oh like do i sleep with him on the first time because like not because um of this like oh i wanted to sleep with you it's because sometimes like the chemistry or the tension is just there mm-hmm. and like you said if both want it it's like why would you wait off on it and I would admit my reasoning used to only be so that my perceived value is not diminished and does not go away simply because it already happened the first time. And so for sure, I know many girls still struggle with that. Um, and I think it's becoming more mainstream to recognize that 
just because you do sleep with the guy on the first time, it doesn't mean you are less valuable. Um, but it definitely is a traditional way of thinking. I mean, of course, my mom would say like, oh, he's going to think you're trash if you sleep with him on the first time, right? So hearing that is always very dissonance in my mind because it's like, but I know modern day says otherwise, you know? Okay, this is something we should dive into as well, and it's very yeah. funny. It's about the funeral thing. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, it, we, it has to be talked about with you, especially, Gosh. again, because you're very grounded and the way you were like, what at me? So we're going to dive into the personal experience I gave you last week. And this is actually our conversation last week was what inspired me to be like, you should be on the podcast. Cause just the way you gave me feedback, the way I discussed it with you, it was very like, oh, that should have been recorded. And that should have been, you know, something girls would have wanted to hear. But I shared with you an experience where I felt a sense of uncertainty because of, you know, going from texting nearly every day with someone and then not doing so and then, of course, recognizing in hindsight that, A, I have a desire and need of being in control. So when that's not happening or when I'm unaware of the reasoning, I feel out of control. And secondly, recognizing that it was very silly and small to feel so overwhelmed or uneasy. The word you used was uneasy, and that was a great way to describe it. I felt uneasy in a sense because I was like, oh, is this like because of x y and z and um basically i was telling you as well that a part of me wanted to do what um there's this girl who has th gone viral on tiktok and instagram her name is tinks t-i-n-x <laughs> her real name is christina funny enough she went to stanford and and she's you know she's from london went to stanford she's 30 um and Prior to her TikTok fame, she was like a normal person working in corporate and worked in, um, I think, on the buying side of for Gap and worked in fashion and PR, all that, whatever, journalism. Mm -hmm. Anyways, there she does these Q&As on Instagram and someone would ask her what to do to get over a guy you never dated. And, right. and she goes, she's probably half sarcastic, but very much half serious. She goes, uh, light a candle, buy some flowers for yourself hold a funeral and lay the fucker to rest <laughs> okay <laughs> and i told you about this and you're like oh my goodness so um i almost wanted to do that because i wanted to feel a sense of control like okay maybe it's just call it quits because we haven't and i fucking hope he's not listening to this i sure i don't think he would um really doubt it but if he did you know at this by the time i publish this it's we're at a different chapter so um but anyways, I remember thinking to myself, yeah, I want to take control. I feel uneasy. I want to feel not uneasy. So I'm going to cut it off. And I remember like, yeah, wanting to pull that trigger of holding a funeral, basically. And you definitely put me in my place in a sense where you told me, like, I had asked you, basically, what would you do in the guy's position? Like where there's, you know, this distance right now because I'm not in that city yet. And, you know, you had basically alluded to the fact that you would take it easy. You would take baby steps, right? Um, but then, you know, over the past week, I had mentioned to you earlier, I have 
calm down my emotions. I recognize a lot of the things internally that I need to work on just outside of the situation, but just in my life in general, because it can parlay over into many different aspects of my life. And in terms of the short-term instinct, right? Like wanting to take control right away. So I'm like wanting to do that. But my question for you is, what is your advice for women and girls um, again, coming from a guy's perspective, when it comes to the early phase of dating, when it's texting, when it's um, talking, and again, you have been active on apps prior to your relationship, you met your girlfriend, you know, on Tinder, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think it, that early phase, which now there's a meme, it's called situationships. Okay. People call it situationship, but basically where it's like you're kind of talking to each other or you may be seeing other people as well, but there's like this one main person and it's very unknown and unclear where it's going. And um, which I think in more mature terms, it's called we're seeing each other. I see. I would call it we're seeing each other. Gen Z says situationship, you know, whatever, same thing. This is essentially a bridge for me to start understanding more like... Uh, I guess Gen Z or mm-hmm. like even Gen X. I think that that's the one that comes after, like terms. I mm-hmm. guess. Okay. Anyway, you were saying. Yeah. So, what's your advice for women to how on how to check themselves, basically, right? Instead of trying to host a funeral for the guy. I mean, we're obviously kidding here, but I mean, seriously, I think girls will be like wanting to take the upper hand all the time. Or even um, Alex Cooper from Call Her Daddy, I think I've heard her say something like, you know, turn on your red receipts so that the next time he texts you, it'll show that you read it and then don't respond. And then when he asks you what's going on, text him hours back and be like, oh, sorry, I was busy, what's up? And like play this manipulative game, which mind you, with human nature, there is a game. There is a there there is an, a game aspect to it, but I personally believe there is a mature way and there is this immature way. I don't yeah. know. That's just my thoughts. Or yeah. maybe you think there is no game at all, but I'm, I would like to hear what you would advise for girls. Well, first of all, yes, there is a game, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's a game of are we a fit when it comes to our, our social status. Yeah. So... Like, do we match? Like, am I within the scale and within the, I guess you could say, like, you know, leadership, um, societal hierarchy, Mm -hmm. a fit to this person? Mm. And am I going to be, am I in a place that I'm happy with? And like, you know, are are we in a similar place and are we happy with each other? Most, I, I tell most people, don't be boring. So mm-hmm. don't play many, many, there is one thing, one thing is being manipulative. Another thing is being boring. Mm-hmm. Th- those are kind of like the two opposite sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. One is negative, but the other, the other side is negative as well. The main point is you got to find that balance of being honest mm-hmm. while also being fun. Yeah. Because obviously if you're only honest, then you're like kind of boring. Yeah. You know? Okay. If you're only fun. It's missing that authenticity. Who are you? Who am I speaking with? So um, within like social skills, it, it's being taught how 
you should you should balance two two things and that is comfort and attraction and that's essentially like another way to say the same thing you, you should be fun while also being authentic mm-hmm. now how to balance your emotions so that you don't lay the fucker to rest is that what you mentioned <laughs> that's us american girls being bitches let beautiful. me tell you beautiful american girls they're they're kind of tricky i mean I, f- I think that's is that is that a worldwide thing? girl yeah absolutely well, i don't know but i feel like uh, do you think american girls say things in this more savage way or do you think girls in italy are saying the same shit obviously obviously there are tendencies okay. so like specific types of girls because american men i mean have you seen frat guys you know guys in fraternity i've seen yeah yeah sure. yeah i mean it's fucking wild but sure it is <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah practice uh, start doing some meditative practices like literally i know i know it sounds boring that's a boring answer i'm sorry <laughs> But like, you know, um, meditate yeah. on it, reflect on it, yeah. take your time, maybe speak about it with a friend that has your best interest in mind, that is calm. Sounds like everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no your like, approach is, is amazing. That was legit know? what I did. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I talked to you about it. And then the next day I read Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking nerd. I like, no, but I will admit, like, I, I became very objective with it because I was like, Emily, you're so in the situation. You need to be out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really what it goes down to. You need, you need a third party perspective. And if you're able to achieve it by yourself, by being meditative and being able to take your feelings out of that, mm-hmm. amazing otherwise ask a friend mm-hmm. um but no the the path is absolutely i always i always promote personal development mm-hmm. so like if you don't have a friend around of you then figure it out yourself if you're not if you don't have like something like weed mm-hmm. around of you it's never a long-term path for you to just look for things that are outside of you to fix your problems mm-hmm so just focus on improving yourself to a place that you you will be calm enough to uh, actually think objectively of the situations. On a similar topic, let's dive into the early stages when it when it comes to talking to multiple people. First off, do you do this or is this your typical approach when you're talking to people like would let's say you go on a first date with a girl you really liked it she comes first to mind right but would you still keep your options open dive into that process i think for me that's something i probably struggle with just because i'm very decisive about what i want and so when i see qualities i like in a guy and see like compatibility or and or chemistry um i'm just not like a wasting time person like i don't i don't have the mental capacity or physical time to just be texting multiple guys and trying to get them to take me to free dinners you know which is which is definitely a thing you know back i mean well i mean you you laugh but there are girls back in college who'd be like oh i hopped on hinge so i can go and get free dinner tonight 
Well, yes, but that's the, what she's not saying is I opt on Hinge because I was bored and I feel insecure about myself and I, and I need validation. Right, right. That is the underlying message. Yeah. Like the objective is not for dinner, just feeling loved. True, true. I mean, so I guess what I'm saying is I'm just saying like you and I are both extremely busy in our own work lives and personal lives and such. So even for me, it would just be a lot mentally and emotionally to kind of dabble between you know two people even but at the same time i acknowledge that is today's dating culture that is part of it that people explore options until they reach a certain point so you know considering that you recently got into a relationship um, can you share that early phase of like the first you know month or two of how it spread out? Um, again, I think this helps give insight into people when because just the beginning is so uncertain for many people. And I think again, especially on the female side, it's hard to know how to approach it in a balanced way, in a calm way, and understanding what the guy is thinking on his end. The process of dating specifically for me, um, was in, in a similar situation as yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was quite decisive. Yeah. Mainly because in the case of my current girlfriend and myself, uh, we were both on the first date being like, like, I really fucking like you. Yeah. And we were both pretty upfront when it comes to that. Like, I really fucking like you. Yeah. Um, and that essentially led to, that honesty from the very beginning essentially led to as being able to actually see each other without playing games okay. being like okay seeing each other every three days and you know being really really upfront with our feelings mm-hmm. obviously there is a balance to that you know one thing is falling in love with somebody another feeling, thing is letting your life fall apart because of it mm. so obviously keep your your priorities in check keep your life running you know Mm -hmm. just because you found somebody that you really like it doesn't mean that you gotta forget about everybody everybody else's right um it seems to me that generally speaking relationships that are likely to or i guess like see people that are seeing each other and that seeing each other may lead to a really people that actually go into a relationship Mm -hmm. uh generally speaking end up seeing each other a lot more compared to the usual once a week that is kind of like standard when it comes to people that you're seeing each other but you're not really interested in pursuing further Mm -hmm. so for example before my current girlfriend i i used to see this girl um again from tinder again Mm -hmm. and um it was great but i was not personally interested in pursuing it further into an actual relationship mm. and therefore we would see each other once a week and for a while that was fine then it kind of ended up fizzling out because that's the way those things kind of like end up going mm-hmm. um, so that is just normal you know and, and as long as you're fine with it that's perfectly fine I do want to ask for that situation did you know that pretty much by the first time you met her that you weren't you had no interest in pursuing it into a relationship pretty much yes yeah yeah okay 
And do you feel like that is something, at least on your end, in your personal experience, you can tell just by the first time you meet someone? In my case, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think for most people, that's the case. I, okay, I agree. I would yeah. say the same. So in the other time, so how many times in total did you hang out with her? And was it like more casual then or were you taking her to like dinner and something more formal? Well, no. first of all, I don't know what your typical way of taking a girl out is anyways, but like. I mean, in my case, it was essentially like just hanging out at my place and you know, frankly, having sex. Mm-hmm. Or reading the Bible. Right, reading the Bible, yeah. Right. That, that is uh, the, the first priority. Yeah. Um, and uh, therefore, yeah, we essentially met for the first date and then we had, she just came to my place okay. multiple times, like five or six. Okay, so times. if this set, okay, now I get it. So if yeah. for sure, if a guy is just casually inviting you over, take that as a not just hint but just like that's the context of what it is well yeah but at the same time i did the same thing with my current girlfriend Hmm. i invited her over many times and yet still she's oh that's interesting we, we actually ended up getting into a relationship together right see that's interesting because i joke about this but i also don't joke about it in in the sense where like I hold a standard like if a if a guy really wants to date me then he will take me out for him like if if I I even talk about this with guy friends um again this is just personal standard but if a guy asks me to come over casually or like go hang out on the beach and drink wine or something by the third date that's gonna be a no and yeah I know that that sounds pretty (laughs) fucking hard I know I know and my you know the the demographic of who I date as well so on average, I, I'd be very surprised if someone in that age group is trying to take me like to something that simple on like a yeah. third date. Just just being really honest. Um, and I think that's kind of where my expectations are because I, I've done a lot of the casual stuff, you know. So I think um, if I wanted to just be casual with someone and do something like that, then that's fine. But I'm also at a point in my life where... I would prefer something more meaningful. And so I can tell by the effort they put in. So, I mean, I think it's, I'm not saying yours is, yours is different because I think, well, actually, how old is your girlfriend? She's 21, turning 22 soon. Okay, yeah, so she's younger. Yeah, so I mean, that age group is also the way that dating works is different too. You know what I mean? You're not like going yeah, to and, and major. And myself as a, as a demographic, as a guy. Yeah, like, at I'm, the age of 24. I'm probably unlikely to actually bring a girl out on at dinner yeah yeah, yeah. i don't want to do that right 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 okay so yeah that's completely different but yeah i mean um and and that's the thing that's part of lifestyle right yeah we talked about this too in terms of and i definitely want to dive into it with you compatibility and chemistry but for me part of seeing if we're going to mesh well in that social hierarchy if you will something i didn't even think about but Part of it is seeing the types of places they would take me because even someone I was seeing previously before the current one I'm talking to, you know, great guy and same age as the one that I'm seeing right now. But something that caught me off guard was the type of restaurants we'd go to or type of places we went to. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds really shallow. Um, and mind Was you, it like Chipotle or something? 
No, it was like between. It was like nicer than like a Chipotle. I mean, it was like, but it was a very like casual setting, sit down place. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and it wasn't really thought out, and it, it just, it almost seemed like too comfortable too quick, and it was over a span of four months because obviously it was I'm not in the city, not in LA, oh, yeah. <laughs> as you and Ronnie know, but. Um, that was actually one of the things too. I ended up questioning myself because I was concerned that it was it was a shallow judgment, but I recognize that also it's part of the lifestyle I have, right? Like, call me bougie or whatever people want to say, but like you know that is something I like to do. Like I I might not go to, you know, LA nightclubs. Like I haven't been into an LA nightclub since college. You know, okay. I've gone to Miami, which is a different scene, but like going to a nightclub might not be the way I like to go out or like spend time with a partner, but I would love to go to like a dinner and drinks, for example, right? So to me, that's my way of testing, like, is that something they like to do independently of me as well? Because then I would see compatibility in lifestyle and that probably has been the biggest, that's probably been the missing one that most people in the past has not had with me which was compatibility in lifestyle, including my ex-boyfriend from years ago. Part of why I ended things is we just ne- we did not have compatibility in what we wanted to do in our free time. Right. You know? Um, but do you have thoughts on that in terms of compatibility or like lifestyle? Like what are the core traits you look for in terms of this person's going to be worth dating or pursuing? both chemistry so like emotionally physically like what are the top things you look for well the main thing is obviously i like her Mm -hmm. do i like her the breakdown of how that works for me is um, is there a specific standard physically that i enjoy about her do i like her physically Mm -hmm. Um, obviously the usual traits that go alongside a woman yeah are the main ones um, on top of that is, um, do uh, I connect with her from an intellectual perspective? So that is, can we actually speak about things that matter? Mm. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be speaking about shopping? Yeah. That's our no. Yeah. Can we speak about stuff that is actually interesting? For me, that is, you know, whatever, social skills, uh, psychology, yeah. politics, business yeah. economics I these, agree with that these one. type of things yeah that's really what it goes down to do you like her yes no and then everything else i personally am okay with figuring out later because you know it's not like you can control everything yeah like right now i'm going to a stage with my girlfriend when we are we are figuring out the way that we want to spend time, the weekends together mm-hmm. that is like time in which we are not working on my side, I personally appreciate having an empty space where I'm just able to think, regroup, plan, organize notes, stuff like that because I'm a nerd, I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. On her side, she would appreciate just spending quality time together. So that is, say, like going to a park, going on a hike, doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we've been finding that balance. Obviously, it's not perfect. No relationship is really. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I think a lot of it is just like taking off expectations, mm-hmm. taking off, taking off expectations. all of that. That's you're never gonna 
you're not gonna know if you found the perfect person on your second or third date that will require months and years yeah i agree with that one just go on the right see what happens and then course adjust if anything doesn't work if anything doesn't work actually call it out loud and see if you can find that balance if you cannot find that balance that may need that you need to find somebody else Mm -hmm. what about balancing the relationship with your work i had asked you over audio message as well and i know you're still working through it and figuring it out but for example um you know, even leading up to make before making it official, were you guys texting every day? Were you keeping space in between? Um, you know, and again, especially how do you separate your energy with work and your energy with your relationship without jeopardizing it pretty much, you know, where it's like neglecting it. I mean, again, I think your situation is different because you, you really are working for yourself and there's a lot of things that rely on you in order to you know bring in income right so some people who are working in a corporate job might not have to i guess worry as much in that aspect again i i know the same worry as well i mean i work for myself now so it's like no more adp or selling payroll right (laughs) no more pitching payroll to ellie (laughs) no more closing me i know (laughs) yeah so i mean back then it's like you know, you you can take off a little bit of weight in that area of life, so, you know. Um, but I'm really curious, how do you manage to balance it without making your partner feel neglected or as if, like, you know, something's weird because you haven't texted in X amount of days, you know, that kind of thing. Well, first of all, is there awareness of your, of, you know, your day-to-day priorities and stuff like that? You know, in in our case, she knows that I'm working most of the time. Yeah. You know, Monday to Friday, I'm working. Mm -hmm. Saturday, I am busy for a specific amount of time. She knows that. Mm -hmm. So, out of that, whatever we manage to fit is an extra. And And it's really fine, you know, like, it's not like we need to speak every day. We cannot do anyway, because we want... But it's never supposed to be something that you force. Right. If it's something that you force, it's a job. A relationship is not supposed to be a job. Ooh, that's a good quote. I'm going to quote you on that. (laughs) I'm going to trademark it. (laughs) (laughs) But that's really what it goes down to. Can you be a good person, be calm, overall be yourself, and... If you're able to speak, amazing. If you're not able to speak, that's fine too. Um, But the only reason why this works is because of the fact that from the very beginning, when it comes to our relationship, we had an agreement that was to, at the smallest frustration or at the smallest kind of problem or order, Mm -hmm. actually call it out and actually mention it to the other person. Was this established before you officially started dating or was this in the talking phase or the seeing early dating phase? I think that was right after we became official. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And how often were you seeing her before it became official and then how often are you seeing her now? And I want to, I asked this too because 
I have an opinion on this um, just from past experience and then, you know, kind of advising one of my close guy friends um, when he was reflecting on his first relationship. They dated for six months and he looks back now realizing it went really fast and, you know, certain things didn't get to balance out and, and all that. And, and out of all things, like they just lacked similar views, values, etc. So that's more of the underlying thing, but just the the way it went through, he, I think he was seeing her close to four to five times a week. And I had expressed to him, and again, I think this is something people do need to experience though firsthand to maybe recognize it, I don't know. But I realized after my first relationship with someone for four years, I remember initially, again, college is different, but I, I was seeing this person a lot, like three, four, five times a week, and now, I would move forward in a new relationship where beginning stage or not, I'd probably keep it to, you know, at most two to three times a week, to be really honest, um, to to pace it out, right? Um, but I'm also curious if you have a different opinion or if there is some anything you have read in the past in terms of like how to gradually get there, right? Because you t- talk to me too, baby steps, right? Like don't feel the urge to you know always be connected with the person because you i i look back to it's like thinking from our conversation last week there should be something new when when you when you want to talk to them right or else you become boring right and i'm like well shit i don't want to look boring if it's like you're talking every day or talking nearly every day and it's kind of the same thing because we can only text right yeah i mean boredom is directly correlated to lack of authenticity so if you are speaking with somebody because you feel like you need to speak with them you're probably going to be boring okay so the answer is don't speak with somebody as an obligation okay yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) you know um okay but then diving into how frequent you were seeing yeah your now girlfriend in the beginning, we were in the fall in love phase, mm-hmm. and therefore, naturally, we saw each other more. So yeah. that was probably around three to four times a week, mm-hmm. um, and that lasted for about two months. Okay. Now, as we have been balancing it out, we have been seeing each other only on weekends, so that is two days and a half ish essentially two days for the most part Mm -hmm. and the reason for that is because we are kind of like going back to normal life Mm -hmm. and essentially balancing this new thing that is the relationship with our you know day-to-day living and the day-to-day people that we used to meet before Mm -hmm. um i i think for the first of all i believe that there is no cookie cutter way that this yeah. is the way you're I agree. I don't think there's a cookie cutter way. Yeah. I, I do think there's there is sometimes too much though and too little, you know. I mean, I again, I just I mean, just understanding human nature, right? I mean, to go from seeing someone 5 to 6 times a week, 4 4 to 5 times a week and then like wanting to scale it back to normalize it. I mean, to some people that would be off-putting. That would be like, oh, we, we usually see each other four to five times a week. And now it's only like two times a week, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, that was just my quick thought on that. But I mean, that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Maddie, 
she she mentions that you know? yeah she's like yeah i would like to see you more see and, and i bring that up too though because that was how i initially felt with the texting aspect you remember yeah. how i said that yeah and I, I realized like at some point you do have to pull back and you do have to you know i read this in the laws of human nature book but i think robert green said something like you know you do have to pull back a little bit and generate curiosity and generate like absence right to create i mean this is this is just like on the concept of desirability i think like if you're too available then there's not as much to miss yes true however i believe it to be more applicable to the beginning beginning of stages of seeing each other okay rather than necessarily actually being established into a relationship got it because to be honest if you need to look at the laws of human nature with your freaking girlfriend or partner then you might as well shoot yourself <laughs> you know yeah because it's your partner mm -hmm. I, I don't want to do a job with my partner i just want to <laughs> live yeah you know so yeah sure do that in the beginning maybe don't do it later mm -hmm. yeah. in, in terms of like I'm, being more absent or just like yeah, yeah, yeah like pushing and pulling yeah but i mean that's that isn't that part of the game though that is it's definitely a part of the game part yeah. of the human game yeah i mean i, I also do you gotta admit like most girls are not going to come across like a just a like, grounded guy like you and just going to be able to you know be direct and be more like calm and slow about things in, in the way you speak and the way you process things i feel like the answer to everything is personal development right if you work on yourself you will have amazing relationships right that's literally all it works it, what all it goes down to yeah i agree with that question off of that do you believe in the statement that if you don't have a strong relationship with your parents that you can't have a strong relationship with like your romantic partner? No. Okay. <laughs> Obviously not. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sorry if that sounds condescending, but that's stupid. No, I mean, stupid. mind you, I love your answer <laughs> and glad we have it on record. But no, I mean, I asked obviously from, you know, just things that I brought up to you as well. Yeah. And something that has been pushed on, you know, into my thinking and has always been something like, I don't know if that's really true. But again, I think you are a very grounded person. You value relationships. You're very respectful of your family and your and people around you. So um, not that I'm surprised by your answer, but based on your morale and character, you would kind of assume you would say, yes, you need a relationship with your parents in order to have a strong one with your romantic partner. I mean, that helps. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can have that, amazing. It's yeah. definitely going to make your life easier. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that you cannot develop those skills in and of yourself mm -hmm. just by actually working on yourself. Yeah. If you don't have a good relationship relationship with your parents and also you haven't worked on yourself, good luck. Yeah. It's going to suck. It's really going to suck. Mhm. Mm but if you work on yourself, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So, like the, the the life is never black and white. You know, it's always some sort of shade of gray. Yeah. So there is no this is this applies to everything scenario or answer. That's mm -hmm. not how it works. 
mm-hmm. least that's what I believe. I mean, but what do I know? Right? <laughs> what are some personal development books you would recommend? And um, maybe practices that you have done or implemented in your life that you feel has been effective for you in being more grounded and being able to at least attempt to be more objective with situations where you might get too emotionally pulled in and you knew you needed to take a step back like I have in my last situation I told you and look at it in a more objective lens. Um, What are some recommendations you have for people that they can do, whether it's reading certain books or implementing or trying certain habits? First of all, I mean, for anybody interested into social dynamics, read How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. Mm -hmm. That's a Bible. Yeah. After that, when it comes to thinking objectively about things, obviously it's a process. So get into meditative practices on a daily basis. It doesn't really matter what that is. That may be walking. That may be actually meditating. That may be taking some time to reflect on your day. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the day, at the end of the day. And it's important that you do it on a, on a daily basis and not just sporadically. Mainly because you want to turn this, this into an habit. Mm-hmm. By ter- not turning into an habit, what you're doing is you're essentially telling yourself my mental clarity is not a priority to me. Mm-hmm. And because of the fact that it's not a priority, then I will just allow myself to drift off and just be taken back from all the things that come up on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Lastly, the the biggest thing that really helped me when it comes to this and i mentioned that with you is dopamine detoxing so that is essentially removing all social media apps from your phone not going not watching porn not what not watching tv entertainment um no binge eating no overly sugary foods no alcohol no drugs and that mental clarity that comes from just essentially like removing all these things Mm -hmm. is freaking amazing Mm -hmm. Uh, in the sense that for me it up when it comes to um, drive willpower clarity and overall just getting your life back together Mm -hmm. Uh, i really believe that like 99 percent of people under the age of 60 right now and probably 80 percent of people over the age of 60 Mm-hmm. are dopamine dopamine addicted and that whatever you say it doesn't make you in control you know um, just it's so powerful it's so insanely powerful two more questions one being any if you had to give one piece of advice for women in the realm of dating today what would it be don't stress. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, I I know this might be underwhelming, but I, I truly believe that stress is such a big reason why people don't end up fall, like going with the partner that they want. Mm-hmm. Just because of the continuous cycle of self-sabotaging thoughts of, 
you know, uh, am I good enough? Uh, what is this person going to think of me? Um, essentially, this constant judgment that you have towards yourself. Yeah. And this con- constant feeling of not being enough. Um, don't stress it would be one. I'm going to give you another one. And that is love yourself. Mm. And by loving yourself, I don't mean necessarily, oh, that's fine. Like, you know, start being jading or like treat yourself to a dinner. That sounds stupid. That's not what I mean. What I really do mean is put yourself first, put yourself as a priority, mm-hmm. put your well-being as a priority. That includes physical, mental, spiritual, whatever. Um, and express that love on a daily basis towards everybody that you meet. Mm-hmm. I went through a very, very profound transformation only a few days ago uh, when I watched a coach called uh, Steve Artisan. Uh, it's this guy that charges $200,000 for coaching. Mm. Um and I 200,000 200,000 yeah okay for 50 hours of working with him okay and I I went through a testimonial of this guy that made the video called 100 hours with Steve Artisan somebody that worked with him uh-huh. and the traits that this guy mentioned about Steve Artisan the coach were really freaking interesting in the sense of this guy is essentially doesn't do anything apart from loving himself and other people Mm. that is his main priority in life and the beauty about it is that it kind of elevates him into this freaking loving individual that is like pure love and Mm -hmm. so if you look at his calendar it's like go show love to the neighbors Mm. and then like go get groceries with love mm-hmm. and then start coaching with love and intensity <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it may sound like such a like corny and like almost crazy thing like you know who's this guy but if you think about it, it makes sense it's not what you do it's how you do it so i mean i know i'm kind of like drifting off right now but it's essentially like love yourself and love other people around of you and if you make that your priority your dating and everything else around of you is going to fall into place because how could you not find the person that you love if you're loving in and of yourself that's just impossible people are so attracted to that Mm. What you said there too just reminded me what you told me last week that struck a chord in me, which was that because, again, part of that realization was me wanting that control, wanting to hold a funeral, lay a fucker to rest type of thing. (laughs) And I realized uh, you had mentioned, you know, in order to fall in love, regardless at what point in life, you have to let go. And it made me laugh because I realized, like, I was constantly in, constantly trying to not let go and trying to, like, again, put myself right back in upper hand control because, like, I made the decision to, like, cut something off or something, right? Um, But you you said it yourself that you have to feel all the emotions and part of that is either pain or love, happiness and love. 
Um, but in order to ever fall in love, you have to let go of that control. And that definitely hit me because I think I needed to hear that because I think I feel a sense of control in so much of my life, especially business and work and, you know, my day to day and I live alone. So I just have a lot of stability for myself in that aspect. And so when a variable like that comes in, it throws me off and I'm like, I'm not in the driver's seat anymore. And um, but but I'm, I'm also really glad that I recognize it. You know, yeah. um, I'm, I'm really grateful that I have been able to recognize it and step away, look at it objectively and clearly not, you know, triggered enough because I can talk about it now, you know, yeah. and be like, oh, this is how I was feeling. And clearly I don't feel that way anymore. Um, but that was in part of like some of the things that you have said, my realization of, okay, these are some of the things that I need to work on and need to just reflect on. And yeah, um, I definitely agree with you. I think the power of loving yourself and putting yourself first was something that I just naturally retracted to. I was like, oh, you know what? Like, let it play out, like you said, the baby steps thing, and just revert your focus on yourself, right? Like, things will ebb and flow. So, um, I definitely took a lot away from our conversation. But I guess last question I have for you, and it's, you know, something I ask everyone on this show. Okay. You can probably guess what it is. I'm not sure, actually. What fulfills you in life, Elia? I think helping other people is, is a big... Is, probably the big the ultimate type of fulfillment that I that I have when it comes to myself yeah I mean self-actualization really um, which for me essentially means helping other people whilst mm -hmm. living a happy and good life yeah um, yeah I like that and I think that's something we align on very strongly I think that's that's what we have connected on is our our love and passion for helping others in our own ways and in a skill set that we have learned, adopted, and have experienced firsthand. And now, you know, being able to share that with others in a helpful manner, I think that's, you know, something that both that fulfills us both. So, yeah. Love it. I love, love it. it. That, that's one of your superpowers. <laughs> um, and your objective side mm -hmm. yeah that balance of being kick-ass and like being amazing at all the things that you do while also being aware of your downsides is just insane thank you elia yeah. i appreciate it I'm, I'm glad you came up to me while i was eating gelato <laughs> that was all for today's throwback conversation with one of my very good friends elia if you enjoyed this episode it would mean the world to me if you could share this on your instagram story tag the podcast instagram at what fulfills you and my personal one at emily e duong so i can see who is tuning in and of course reshare this with the community. And I do have one small favor to ask. I know that this can feel like kind of a burden because I, to be fully transparent, I don't always like go rate the podcast that I listen to 24-7 either. But as a podcaster myself, I know how much it means and it is really valuable just to see you guys rate the show. So if you have been listening for a while, whether you're on Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever platform that is, it really, really, really would 
just mean so much if you could quickly rate the show give it five stars if you have been loving it or if you do have some feedback feel free to send me over dms i really do appreciate it and i love chatting with you guys but if you have been tuning in for a while just a quick five stars or a review on apple would truly mean the world to me and i appreciate you guys just taking the time to tune in every week. And lastly, don't forget about all the What Fulfills You merch. You can check out the card game, the daily gratitude journal, the hats, and all other fun stuff on the website at whatfulfillsyou.com. Since you are a podcast listener, you can get 10% off your purchase with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at whatfulfillsyou.com. Thanks again for tuning in today. I would chat with you all in the next episode. Bye!